Hello, and welcome to Between Two Term Sheets, Canada's only podcast that invites investors and founders to discuss the early stage funding environment in the high technology space. Our host is Owen Matthews, founder, CEO, serial investor, and general partner at Wesley Clover International. Welcome back. Uh, we're uh, between two term sheets, and uh, we're having a conversation today uh, with Brian from Omer's Ventures, uh, a uh, venture capital firm uh, based here in Canada. And uh, we're taking a little time aside at uh, SAS North Conference in Ottawa uh, to have a chat today. How are you, Brian? I'm good. I'm good, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about Omer's. Sure. Yeah. So Omer's Ventures uh, is currently managing a $300 million fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, our team's based in Toronto, and we... Uh, make a real commitment to be active in venture investors uh, across Canada. So uh, we also have uh, activities in the U.S., but Canada is where we've um, primarily focused to date. Now, Omers is part of a much larger, um, Omers Ventures That's right. is part of a much larger Omers. That's right. So we're the venture capital arm uh, affiliated with Omers. Mm-hmm. Um, Omers, as a pension plan, is a very large organization, over yeah. $80 billion in asset center management. Cumulatively, across the three funds that we've managed to date, we're at around $800 million under management. And, uh, and from what I remember, you know, Omer's uh, you know, felt there was a lack of, of you know, uh, venture in Canada and made the commitment to, to Omer's Ventures. That's right. Yeah, in 2011, I think, is when the, the first fund was launched. And at that point in time, you had several Canadian companies that were uh, growing well, uh, getting to the early stages of scale, sort of $5, 10 $15 million of revenues. Um, but there wasn't a lot of options out there for them to go and raise that larger not, round. Not in Canada. Yeah, in Canada. And, and at that point in time, too, U.S. investors uh, weren't as willing, I think, to come to Canada, even at those kind of more established stages, mm-hmm. um, versus now, I think there's a lot more willingness to do that. But yeah, Omer's, to their credit, kind of saw a gap in the market and stepped uh, in and led by John Ruffalo um, with a, a vehicle that could um, help to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. And you made a couple of big bets early on, if I remember. That's right, yeah. Some of the earlier investments were in companies like Hootsuite. Mm-hmm. Um, which now is going great, on to be great Canadian company. Yeah, and, and grown, and I think you know, hopefully, you know, Omers was an important part of that growth story. And uh, you know, Shopify and Vision Critical and, and other companies where we made um, meaningful growth stage bets to help those companies really scale up and achieve uh, you know the, the levels that they're at today. Okay, well, th- those are big ones. Mm-hmm. But tell me, it's not all big, is it? I mean, what where, where do you where do you uh, where do you like to invest? Yeah, and I think that's one um, common maybe misconception that I can try to help to uh, uh, correct here is that we're focused solely on growth stage investments and. You know, we are a life cycle investor, so we do have the ability to do larger checks and growth stage rounds. But we're still very much interested in looking at early stage opportunities and um, have done several, you know, in the kind of Series C range or Series A range. And and more and more, I think you'll see us doing a lot of Series A, Series B investments. That's great. We need more of that here. Mm -hmm. And with the capability to follow on and support as required and as the company succeeds. Yeah, that's great. And any particular, you know, market area that you you like is there is there uh, anything that you look for specifically when you when you when when you're looking for deal flow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the market areas, uh, we're pretty broad within the technology realm, um, not on the clean tech side of things, and not on the you know drug development, life sciences side of things. But within, technology, you mean you don't want to wait 20 years for an exit? Is that what you say? <laughs> yeah. Well, we we do have a pretty long term horizon. The 20 years would probably be on the long term of that horizon. 
Um, but within technology, you know, we're always interested in things like business software and SaaS, obviously. You know, both of us here at, at SaaS, SaaS North, North today. Yeah. Um, consumer software. And then we're, we're always looking for those emerging areas within technology, too, that are going to present opportunities. So today, uh, you know, across our team, we have team members looking at areas like uh, fintech and blockchain, uh, in digital health initiatives. Um, you know, I'm spending a lot of time looking at uh, autonomous vehicles and the future of mobility and transportation and some of the cascading opportunities that will arise out of that trend. Exciting announcements this week with the uh, with the Tesla truck. Definitely, yeah. There's a steady stream of news coming out with that stuff. So it's, it's something that I think people get excited about. Uh, and I'm, I'm confident that there's going to be a lot of uh, investment opportunities arising out of that trend. And, you know, going back to the other point about, you know, what do we look for? When I'm looking at an opportunity, generally the first filter for me is, do I see the potential for a, a sizable outcome here? And I think the sizable depends on how big of a fund you're coming from. But for us, generally it's, you know, something that could exit for $250 million or more, but ideally half a billion or a billion plus. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's exits of those ranges that are going to move the needle for us as a fund. Um, so that's sort of the first filter, and uh, you know that it, there may be plenty of great businesses that are um, you know, going to achieve profitability mm-hmm. and get to a scale where they might sell for a great price and mm-hmm. pay off early share, shareholders and, mm-hmm. and be a great return for founders. Uh, but that may be a fifty or a hundred million dollar range, and um, you know that's if that's sort of the ceiling for an opportunity, um, we're more likely to focus on things like. Well, I can imagine with a with a you know uh, overarching fund of, of eighty odd billion dollars. You know, fifty million dollars doesn't doesn't make that much of an impact. You're you're looking for a little bit of a bigger bet. Yeah, I mean, we we in our corner of the world want to uh, earn great returns, and, yeah. and that's what all of our LPs, including owners, ask of us. So that's the goal one. Um, you know, even if it may seem small in their context, you know, every every piece matters, and we all want to perform. Um, and we also kind of uh, uh, you know view you know venture. Across the world now, you're seeing more and more states and governments look at fostering knowledge economies and, and, and startups and ecosystems. Um, and that's going to create you know a, a bigger opportunity set than maybe would have been historically available, heavily concentrated in the Bay Area and the U.S. Um, so I think it's an exciting time, and Toronto is a great example, and, and Waterloo and, and markets like Ottawa and Vancouver mm-hmm. of uh, you know Canadian pockets where you're starting to see a, a pretty big quantity of interesting companies and. And more and more, as we look out and we look for those entrepreneurs with the larger visions that are going to, you know, tackle big markets and grow, hopefully, billion-dollar-plus outcomes. Like, there's definitely a lot more of that happening in Canadian markets today. Well, in support of that, uh, you know, you've got so many incubators around the world. I mean, I was in Shanghai recently, and in Shanghai alone, there's probably two thousand incubators. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's wild, and they're all creating companies. So there's, so it's, it's easier than ever to start. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's still just as hard to get that and, and, and you know, get the that kind of, uh, you know, half a billion to billion dollar opportunity. So, you know, there's, there's lots of activity around the world and uh, it's just, you know, getting those opportunities to, uh, you know, to focus on on, on the real big opportunities uh, that, that, are, that are just beyond, you know, solving a little niche solution. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, there's, you know, more and more smart people in Canada saying, you know, we don't have a startup problem now, we have a scale up problem. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how do you address that scale up problem. Capital is part of the equation. And, um, 
I think venture investors like Homer's Ventures and others um, can can help address aspects of that, um, and then creating the conditions for growth in terms of accommodating policy and, and um, not putting things in the way that would prevent you know skilled talent from wanting to come to Canada and work in Canadian companies. Um, well, I know and, John, John Ruffalo was, was speaking here last year openly mm-hmm. about, you know, how do we encourage, uh, you know, companies in Canada to succeed and how do we reduce the barriers and how do we involve the government? I mean, is, you know, for, for the guy that, that's, that started Omer's Ventures, he's very passionate about that topic. Yeah, John, uh, you know, to his credit, has been very vocal and um, I think through, uh, uh, you know, working with government, there's, there's been some real steps forward in, in helping Canada, um, you know, become more globally competitive and it's showing up like you know there's, there's lots of good things happening yeah. I find something that uh, it falls into the sort of subjective stuff when you do due diligence for, for an entrepreneur I find Canadians you know they, they have a trait which is typically being humble and you know traits are an advantage or a disadvantage depending on the circumstances you know when it comes to you know going after a, a good sized company where, where you're uh, you know uh, you know pushing a, a you know billion dollar exit value uh, you know typically Canadians are uncomfortable saying that, even if they want it, even if they're hungry for it, if they push for it, you know, they're, they're less likely to say it. Uh, and, um, you know, that, that, that's just kind of part of part of our culture. And uh, I think that, you know, letting people know that it's okay to, to shoot for that and, and that there's partners around that are encouraging it, uh, you know, and, and have the funding to, to see you through that, that life cycle, that kind of exit, that, that means a lot here. Uh, so tell me about the, about the subjective nature of the due diligence of, of Canadian entrepreneurs and, uh, and and how do we drag them into the uh, the bigger vision? Yeah, this is a, you know, I'm glad you raised this because I think it's an important point in that you know, startup creation and, and ultimately growing a big business and venture capital investing is a business of outliers and that means sort of, you know, by definition, you're not going to be average and uh, I don't think you should, you know, let whether you're Canadian and some of the you know, quantities there kind of define anything about what you want to do and what you want to become uh, or, you know, whatever school you went to or where you came from. You know, as investors, you know, we're always looking for outliers and people that are doing different things and, um, you know, there's a lot of stats that get thrown out about investment activity and, and uh, you know, like averages and things like that but, but what really matters is those very few that are thinking differently, doing things differently and, and from an entrepreneur's perspective, that may mean you're more likely to hear knows and find people finding reasons why it's not going to happen um, but in some ways you know if you're if it's too consensus you're probably not looking far enough out or seeing the world differently enough there needs to be some contrarian element into what it is that you want to accomplish I, I think now you mentioned uh, crypto technology and blockchain uh, I'm not sold on it yet. I certainly, uh, you're probably aware of, you know, kind of ICO type type bubble uh, that's going on, and and uh, and yet the underlying technology is very interesting. Tell me your interest in that area. Like, what are you excited about in that area? Yeah, you know, it's it's an area that me personally, I invest uh, or focus less on, but my uh, colleagues at Omer's Ventures, a couple of them are, are very deep in that area, mm-hmm. and um, and for, you, you must know the the investment thesis behind it. Yeah, and I think they're like, um, it's a new system, a new paradigm, and um, you know, maybe some of these things as they. Uh, 
you know, emerge, they they are, you know, initially inefficient and they don't make sense. That e-commerce uh, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, and and but then because people are viewing them through the lens of how things are currently done, mm. uh, but then over time, if there's the ability for you know new models to emerge, mm. where you know a, a new platform like a blockchain type of technology base um, can can kind of allow for a sharp left or a sharp right in a market, and then you know new you know um, applications, different ways of doing things uh, that, that are difficult to envision at the outset emerge, and then they become a fundamental building block to these new, better ways of doing things. And so I think blockchain represents a lot of those characteristics, and you're seeing a lot of investment, and a lot of it will be failed investment, um, but some of it, I think, is going to translate. There's something disruptive there where, totally. where, where there's an yeah, opportunity and, and to win. Going back to that kind of comment earlier about being contrarian and having a view of the world, mm-hmm. like you know, there's probably like the prevailing wisdom is that there's a bubble, and it's going to crash, and you know, then I'll be proven right. But within all of that, there are teams that are building things that will last and I think will be sustaining and valuable in the future. E- e-commerce in the 90s? Well, you know, Amazon came out of e-commerce in the 90s. So, yeah, like so, you hear so, these things. So there, like, there were some pretty big winners. I remember even like uh, one thing that stuck, sticks in my mind was in like 2007 or so, um, the iPhone had just launched and it was at some, you know, big telecom industry event and someone said, well, they make like a million phones a year. Nokia makes a billion phones a year. Like, it's a nice little toy, but come yeah. on. Yeah. And and then, you know, look at what happened, right? You know, it, it changed well, the way that... Nokia had 10 golden rules by which every phone must comply with. You know, the iPhone broke like eight or nine of them. Yeah. And yet, with a single phone, they took out, you know, that, that company that produced a billion phones, you know, just got... Uh, you know, just got their lunch eaten by by a by one phone that totally broke all of their core rules, uh, and that is uh, you know classic uh, classic disruption, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, discontinuous innovation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. it's a great example because everyone can relate to it worldwide. I think, and yeah. that you know, it, it changed the way that people viewed phones and the way phones get differentiated, what they're used for, mm-hmm. and spawned a whole new set of services that couldn't really emerged without that, like platforms like. Yeah, it's no longer a phone. It's exactly. a whole. It's a whole pile yeah. of stuff. It's, yeah. it's the Swiss Army knife in the pocket, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and still, uh, still an exciting marketplace. Uh, that's good. And, and of course, uh, you know, here we are in, in in Ottawa, which has a long history of telecom. So so probably topical mm-hmm. for uh, you know for for a number of the technology companies that uh, that that you know grew up around here. That's great. Now, tell me, in the past twelve months or so, most exciting pitch, most exciting entrepreneur. You know, give give me a story about. Uh, about what you're passionate about. Yeah, I mean, we see, luckily, you know, at, at Omer's Ventures, I think a lot of really exciting uh, pitches coming through the doors. And, um, you know, we've we've made investments in the area of, you know, artificial intelligence and quantum computing and cloud technologies. And, um, you know, we're excited by all of those areas and by, the, obviously, the investments that we've made. That's why we kind of put our money where our, our mouth was. Um, and, and I hope they're all wildly successful mm-hmm. you know some probably will end up more so than others but like I think it's it's those areas where um, you see just great teams with big visions and and so it's hard to like pick one uh, <laughs> like, yeah is I think there there's just a lot of good things happening and, and in, in Canada too I think it's an interesting time in that 
um, there's more and more second and third time entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who are coming back uh, having had some success with their prior ventures mm -hmm. now armed with you know their their starting teams that they mm -hmm. want to tackle you know, maybe like getting products off the ground with their own funding or mm -hmm. with the angels that have backed them in the past and then we're meeting with them and getting to know them and you know things are moving quick mm -hmm. and uh, it just it, it's exciting because it means we need to respond and we need yeah. to arm them yeah that's great now now differences in in uh, uh, you know so typical Silicon Valley term sheets and and the deals that you're seeing out of there you must have some companies in the portfolio that are that are that are that are active in that market in the venture world are, are you are you seeing differences are there definitive differences in, in terms are there differences in demand I mean as the tide shifted a little bit more the uh, you know the, uh, the Silicon Valley VCs are, are, are looking up into Canada could just set the scene for me for you know whether or not the entrepreneur should be not on the doors down there. Yeah, I think the, the times have changed a bit in that um, Canada is not off the radar screen anymore. And uh, even Valley investors are, are looking to Canada, and a lot of the uh, northeastern U.S. investors are looking at Canada too. There's a, I met a few up here uh, visiting us today. Yeah, yeah, and, and some of them now have portfolios of four, five, six investments. Mm. So they're, you know, quasi locals. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and and you know, I think an important point though there is that like again talking about outliers and the kind of um, you know entrepreneurs that impress you with their vision. Mm and have uh, you know the skill set to really instill a belief in you that they can create a billion dollar company they don't just stay in Canada they've been the valley. they'll go, they've they'll been go the wherever north. and they might have been backed by these guys in the mm -hmm. past and so um, the companies that we really really want to back mm -hmm. we are competing against yeah, US course. investors yeah. and so there there's not uh, I mean, if the stats shake out, uh, there's some average that's different between Canadian and U.S. investors. That may be the way it is. Mm -hmm. But for those, like the hot deals. The deals you're in. Yeah, like, yeah. you know. Terms are comparable. You're competing. You're fighting for them. It doesn't really matter where the company's based anymore. It's a, it's a strong entrepreneur yeah. or a team with a big vision. Mm -hmm. Like, we want in. Mm -hmm. Lots of people want in. And we yeah. got to sell our way into that deal. Yeah. So. Great, perfect. Well, anything else you want to add? I really appreciate you taking the time. No. Um, I mean, we're we're uh, we've got a couple minutes if if need be, but uh, you've been you've been very helpful so far. Um, anything, anything else you you feel you want to uh, you want to uh, add to the conversation today? No, no. I think it's it's great. I'm happy to be here and happy to be um, kind of giving my two cents on this. And, and more and more, I'm seeing um, lots of viewpoints injected in the conversation. And when you come to big events like SAS North here in Canada. Um, over the years, I've been venture investing in Canada for over 10 years now. I just love seeing the uh, the sophistication of the dialogue is just going up and up and up, uh, and it's exciting. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Arne. Yeah. So that's it for today's show. You've been listening to Between Two Term Sheets. This episode is brought to you by Alacrity Global, which brings investors, academic institutions, entrepreneurs, and governments together to create technology startup funds around the globe. Go to alacrityglobal.com to find out more about Alacrity's initiative. And be sure to tune in again to next week's show. 